Welcome back to Fit Body Happy Joints. My name is Shannon. Today we're talking about the four fitness mistakes that seem like they're saving time, but they actually aren't saving you time. <laughs> so we're going to get into those today. First, I just want to announce that we have done a rebrand of Evlo. We're super excited about it. If you go to our website, Evlo Fitness, you'll see new colors, new logos, new photos, new pages, all the things. And I especially want to point out our blog page. It's called education on the header um, banner. And if you like the podcast, you'll like the blog because we are talking about different podcasts and or, or different topics in a written form. Dr. Peyton Busker, who works for Evlo, she's a physical therapist. She's also an instructor, writes those every week and they're excellent. So if you want some additional education, it's a great place to go. I also want to say that there are eight free classes in the show notes below. You can put in your email and keep the classes forever. We have just refreshed a few of those classes. So there's a new low impact cardio burst. There's a new cardio burst and a new burn in there. So, um, if you've had the classes before the old link is no longer working because we changed domain. So you might go grab that new link. All right. So let's get into today's episode. And before I get into these mistakes that I see, and there are four of them, there's probably more, but I want to go over four today. I want to talk about one phenomenon that is consistent with almost all of these. And it's the idea that people tend to prioritize central fatigue over peripheral fatigue. And I think that that ultimately can get in the way of their outcomes. So I did a podcast where I went into detail on this. That's episode number 67 on how the nervous system will affect your results, why exhausting workouts are not more effective. So if you want to learn more about central fatigue versus peripheral fatigue, I think it's a very important topic. I highly recommend uh, going back to listen to that episode. Essentially, we are taught that if your workouts feel really hard, then they are doing something great for you. And this is not necessarily true. The goal of exercise is to improve one or more of the systems in your body, mostly your cardiac and or your body composition, bone health, etc. Exercise is not great for fat loss. Fat loss happens mostly from nutrition, but gaining muscle can indirectly aid in fat loss since it improves insulin sensitivity and your ability to use fat as fuel let alone the other many, many benefits of gaining muscle, like improving bone density, improving overall metabolic health, all of the things. So we want to focus most of our uh, goals on gaining muscle or at least maintaining muscle. So trying to do more is not necessarily better. And sometimes it can get in the way of you gaining muscle and adapting from your workouts. It's very, very common to spend a lot of time and energy on workouts that are centrally fatiguing or workouts that are kind of depleting you, but not giving you much payback, not doing much for your muscular return and therefore ultimately your outcomes. So centrally fatiguing workouts are ones that are exhausting and they leave you feel feeling overall fatigued and tired. So central fatigue happens when there is fatigue that originates from like your brain and spinal cord. So your overall system is just tired and wiped. Examples of this are like your boot camp classes, spin classes, and long cardio sessions. Whereas central fatiguing workouts are workouts that are that specifically target muscles and leave specific areas fatigued and tired. So peripheral fatigue is fatigue at the site of the muscle. So when your muscle feels like cooked, whereas central fatigue is like your overall system feeling tired. And central fatigue and peripheral fatigue can't be fully separated. You can't fully separate separate them. Um, but excessive amounts of central fatigue 
definitely interfere with your ability to achieve peripheral fatigue because achieving peripheral fatigue ultimately means that you're using as many muscle fibers as you can, therefore seeing uh, the greatest benefit from your strength training. When you're systemically fatigued, something called neural drive decreases to the individual muscle groups. And this limits the amount of motor unit recruitment that's possible. So in other words, when your central nervous system is fatigued or tired because you're doing workouts that aren't specifically targeting muscles, but just kind of overall fatiguing you, this limits your ability to recruit your muscle fibers at a high level and therefore see the uh, benefits of strength training. Excessive high intensity or high impact classes can also lead to lingering joint inflammation and inflammation within the joint decreases joint proprioception, which means proprioception is your brain's kind of ability to determine where you are in space. And when you have decreased joint proprioceptions, this can dampen your muscular outputs because your brain is kind of like, I don't know where this joint is in space. We're not going to allow her to lift her heaviest weights here. And so your muscle output declines. So in other words, your brain can kind of interpret this decreased joint proprioception as a threat. Um, this can lead to not only a restriction in your muscular output, but a decrease in your mobility. And all of this is in an attempt to protect and safeguard the involved joint. So again, just doing a ton of hit and high intensity workouts and focusing more on central fatigue can increase the inflammation in your body and therefore decrease the um, results that you're seeing from the time that you're putting in. Central fatigue totally has its place and it can be great for cardiovascular health, but by focusing every single workout on central fatigue, you might be missing out on the advantages of strength training, which are building muscle. And so you might be missing out on sustainable progress and results because if improving your muscle mass is your goal, which I do believe it should be the goal for most people, or at least maintaining our muscle mass, then peripheral fatigue is much more advantageous than central fatigue or something that is just systemically all over stressful and fatiguing. So that's kind of a common thread that you'll see in many of these mistakes and something that is very rampant in the fitness industry. I think with fitness watches and workouts just being like hard and, and people bragging about workouts being super, super duper hard. And like, they have to crawl out of the gym, like no pain, no gain, all of that. Um, and this idea of central versus peripheral fatigue may be something that I kind of refer to as we go along. So I wanted to break down that, but again, if you want to learn more, that is episode number 67 in case you want to go, um, learn more detail about central versus peripheral fatigue. All right. So let's get into the four mistakes that seem like they're saving you time, but actually aren't. So number one is trying to work upper and lower body at the same time. I'll often see combination moves on Instagram, like maybe doing a deadlift to a bicep curl to an overhead press all in kind of one movement. And the reason this seems like it's efficient, but actually isn't is because different muscles have much different levers and capacities for producing force. So a weight that you would use for your bicep is not enough weight for your glutes and maybe too much for your shoulders. So by using one move to hit everything at the same time, you won't produce the outcomes that you're hoping for. Most people can kind of feel this when they're doing these combination type moves, which is why they end up doing a lot of additional exercises for those muscle groups. And this not only increases the volume of exercise that you're doing and also takes a lot longer, but in the process, you may be unnecessarily stressing joints 
when joints that you aren't trying to target like your spine. So instead you could choose a separate exercise for each of those muscle groups, stabilize surrounding areas. So you don't have to incur unnecessary strain and fully fatigue that area using the appropriate resistance. So let's use those three muscle groups, the glutes, the biceps, and the shoulders. So if you want the best work with the least amount of strain to each of those muscle groups, you could do for the glutes, say like a step up, which I love step ups, step ups. You don't even have to use a lot of external resistance. So it's very little force of the spine and yet very great yield or outcome for the glutes. So you could do that separately for the glutes. While your glutes are recovering, you could even superset it to quote unquote, save time by doing some bicep curls. So your glutes are recovering. So maybe you do some bicep curls and then, um, while your biceps are recovering, maybe you do some like sideline lateral raises for the shoulders. So you could do this circuit and repeat one exercise after the other and get in a really condensed quick workout, but see better results for each muscle group while straining surrounding structures less. So you could repeat this three to four times. And my guess is at the end of this type of workout, you will feel so much more, your muscles will feel more fatigued and satisfied after a workout that, you know, you spent the entire workout doing lots of combination moves. You might feel like overall tired. You might have that central fatigue, but you might not have that peripheral fatigue that we're looking for. And odds are, if you're doing just like a workout full of combination moves, your muscles aren't getting that satisfying, satisfying, like cooked sensation and you might not feel so great. Your joints might feel strained. So bottom line is you can see better results with less strain with the simple stuff. And I think the fitness industry is kind of always trying to sell us on what looks sexy because they know that as humans, we tend to have shiny object syndrome, me included, but remember that keeping it simple is often the best for your body. All right. So that's mistake. Number one is trying to work the upper and lower body at the same time. Your upper and lower body have very, very different abilities for, um, contracting and tolerating load. So we want to separate them. Number two is jumping between too many programs to try to get like pick and choose benefits of each program. And I think that you could probably do this in a smart way, but I think that people often do it to the extreme in a way that like diminishes their returns and, or ends up hurting them. So I completely understand if you're someone who in order to be consistent and have fun, you have to go to different workouts and different classes at different studios with different instructors. And I I get it. Like, I think I would be the same way. The vibe is different and you may look forward to your workouts more knowing that you kind of switch it up every single time. And if that's working for you, great, carry on. But I would just be cautious because Often if you're doing different type types of workouts each day, instead of following one program, you could be setting yourself up for overuse. So within a week span, you're, you could be going to different fitness classes or doing different types of programs every single day and potentially working the same muscle groups over and over and over. A lot of times, if you're going to group fitness classes, um, two popular muscle groups that tend to be worked in almost every group fitness class are your abdominals and your glutes. And So you could be working abdominals and glutes like multiple, multiple times a week on consecutive days. And then you also could be missing out on working other muscle groups like your back and your hamstrings. So your glutes and abs might be overused and your glutes and hamstrings might be underused. Those are just examples, but they tend to be, um, those tend to be areas that either get under, under, over or underused in lots of group fitness culture. And it seems effective to work one muscle group more frequently, but it's actually detrimental for results. Like people say like, well, I want stronger glutes. I want bigger glutes. So I'm going to work them more frequently. Let's talk about why 
that is actually can set you back and isn't the best use of your time. So protein degradation, and I always say that word wrong, degradation or breakdown (laughs) happens during the workout. So when you're loading your muscles, protein within the muscles breaks down and protein synthesis, which means protein buildup generally occurs for about 48 hours or sometimes a little shorter, sometimes a little longer after a workout during that window, the muscle is temporarily weaker and has less capacity for producing force. So we want that 48 hour window in order for our body to come back in and heal the tissue that we've damaged during our workout. But if you're working a muscle again within that 48-ish hour window, you may be digging yourself into a deeper hole without actually allowing for new tissue to be built. It's kind of like pruning a plant every single day, hoping that it will bloom more flowers, but then not actually giving the time, the plant time to like grow back and bloom. So you're just trimming it, trimming it, trimming it, trimming it without giving it time to grow back. So that's kind of the same thing that applies with your body when you're just working a muscle group every single day. And this can eventually lead to chronic inflammation. It can lead to weakness. It can lead to injury. So it's much more advantageous to actually wait to work that muscle group again when it has had the opportunity to recover and be stronger for your next session. So it seems like it's saving you time. It seems like it's more efficient to jump around to different programs and work muscle groups more frequently, but it's actually less efficient. It actually is not saving you time. In fact, it's probably a waste of time. All right, number three mistake that seems efficient, but actually isn't is measuring your workouts based on sweatiness or overall fatigue versus muscle fatigue. And this again, goes back to the idea that central fatigue or overall systemic fatigue will increase body temperature because of the increase in physical stress across your system. And when you have an increase in body temperature, your body has a mechanism to cool you, which is sweating. So If you are more systemically fatigued, if your central nervous system is more fatigued, you are more likely to sweat more than if you are focused on peripheral fatigue or that specific muscle fatigue. So when you're focused on peripheral fatigue and limiting central fatigue, you can load your muscles more effectively. This means you can increase protein degradation, stimulating more protein synthesis and more muscle growth. However, if you increase central fatigue, you limit peripheral fatigue. So again, instead of measuring overall fatigue or sweat or calories, look at your, at if your muscles feel targeted and worked. And if you're getting close to that failure point in almost every set, which is like when at the very end of your set, you're really struggling, you're really tired, the muscle feels cooked. That's the point that you want to get to in most of your sets. And that is what's most indicative of an effective workout, not how much you're sweating, not how many calories you burned, not how overall tired you are. So that's mistake. Number three is focusing kind of on the wrong things versus focusing real, really on peripheral fatigue and on, um, getting close to that muscle failure. A lot of times when you do get close to that muscle failure, what will happen is your heart rate will increase and you might sweat a little bit more, but focusing solely on sweat or doing a workout where you were getting close to that muscle fatigue, but you didn't sweat a lot and saying, oh, that wasn't a good workout because I wasn't sweating a lot. That isn't necessarily true. So focus all of your attention on the muscle fatigue. Sometimes the sweat and calories will happen, but they might just be a little bonus. All right. Number four is combining balance with strength. It seems like it would be more efficient to, oh, not only am I strength training, but I'm also improving my balance. But the truth is, is that these are very two different systems. 
Balance is primarily a function of your visual system, although your sensory motor system is a large contributor as well. So um, input is coming in through your eyes and through your vestibular system. Your vestibular system is regulating, is she upright? Is she falling over? Okay, we can have her be stationary or we might give her a sensation of being dizzy or like she's falling over and so she'll have to you know, catch herself so that she avoids falling. So there's that. And there's also the sensory motor system, which is where you have organelles in your um, limbs and your, in your feet or whatever you're standing on that are sensing, okay, where is the position of her foot? Is her foot unbalanced? Am I going to fall over? Things like that. So this is a complex system on its own. Balance is a complex system on its own. We don't really want to combine balance with strength because producing muscular output will decline when you are focused on balance because your nervous system is not a great multitasker and it tends to prioritize the things that are going to keep you safe. So if you're trying to combine strength and balance, like doing a bicep curl or on one leg or doing squats on a BOSU ball, it's going to prioritize keeping you from falling over instead of producing quality muscular output. So essentially you will lift less and get less fatigue and work to the muscle that you're trying to target by trying to combine both balance and strength. I recommend just separating the two. I think that you will get better outcomes from each by separating them. This is similar to the combination thing, right? By just separating upper body from lower body, you'll get better outcomes to each by doing that. So those are the four reasons. Overall, I think less is more. I think the fitness industry is riddled with, you know, trying to make things look sexy, trying to make things look fancy and exciting when in reality, it's the simple stuff that works and that is the best and that keeps you the safest. So hope this episode was interesting. Remember there's eight free classes in the show notes below and we will see you all next time. Thanks for listening.